You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. I'm your host today, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Matt, who you can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Good evening, Matt. Evening, Kev. You all right? I'm pretty good, but actually, thank you. Uh, got a bit of an ear infection, so uh, if I do struggle to pick up what you're saying, I'm not ignoring you, I promise. Yeah, you never listen to me anyway, so, so it's all good. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> We started with uh, bad jokes already. Oh, it started with me to go along. So, um, so yeah, on today's show, we're looking back at the week 13 slate and highlighting the players from each game that stood out to us from a dynasty perspective. Now, obviously, week 13 is usually the final week before the playoffs where you need a result to either get into the playoffs or consolidate your position. Um, how, was, how was your week 13, Matt? <laughs> The fact that you're already laughing just just goes to show that it's been a it's been a tough one for me this week. Yeah, what one one good story for ever for all the listeners is uh, I'm in a, a league where there's a bit of banter in the chat and I've managed to pull back from a, a disappointing start. I had a few players go down injured like Barkley and etc. Managed to pull it back and put myself in playoff contention. Knocked somebody out last week to to keep myself in the hunt. Nice. Big game this week in a tight end premium. I thought I'm doing all right, but I. Uh, I managed to put Carl Rudolph in my lineup for some reason, oh, who, who put up a donut. Oh. So that was painful. And then I got to watch T.Y. Hilton blow up on my bench as well. So, yeah, managed to lose that one by 0.32 points. Oh, that is absolutely <laughs> gutting. Oh. That is, uh, it is unfortunate. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say you lost Saquon and still managed to make the playoffs then, but... I, I was, was 0.3 off getting to the playoffs. It would have been a monumental comeback. <laughs> At least you can put that to bed now and stop worrying about it. I know some some <laughs> players they uh, they they find it a relief when they actually yeah. the season's over. They can <laughs> sort of relax. Well, I'm not in many uh, many playoffs in my leagues anyway, so not too much to think about <laughs> now for the next few weeks. I think you find on on Twitter as well that everybody seems to <laughs> be in the playoffs in every league. Um, yeah. you, you see people that are in ten leagues where. 12 of them to make the playoffs and 15 <laughs> they actually win so um, I wouldn't buy into everything you read on Twitter but, um, but yeah anyway, that's a different story for another show um, so we'll crack on with week 13 uh, first up we've got the Saints at the Falcons yeah so the Saints took this one 21-16 Taysom Hill now 3-0 and since uh, starting and filling in for Drew whoop, Brees whoop. and throwing his first two batting, passing touchdowns of his career at the young age of 30 <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Falcons couldn't get much going on the ground and that resulted in the wide receivers having a quite a good fantasy day. So while we're on that subject, I'd like to talk a bit more about Julio Jones. Six, for, <laughs> six receptions for 94 yards this week, despite obviously the hamstring concerns from, from last week. And that's now his sixth game with over 15 fantasy points out of the 19 he's played. So when he's on the field, he's, he's putting up the numbers. Currently the wide receiver 31, so... Considering the fact that he's obviously missed those three games for injuries, he's looking good when playing. But the, the the big concern for me is obviously he's getting up there in age now, 31. Uh, as I mentioned, the injuries are becoming a concern. And, and the other concern is obviously Calvin Ridley. His, his stock's constantly yeah. rising. He's yeah. had another good season this year. 
Um, I know Rich will be happy about that after his, uh, his little, <laughs> his little um, prediction at the start of the season. Well, Rich um, actually fainted as well, didn't he? Thinking about how good Calvin Ridley is. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and as I say, he's, he's becoming like a... I can't really call him the alpha on that team because obviously Julio's the alpha, but yeah. he's, he's now got 21 red zone targets, Ridley, um, which is a 28% share compared to Julio's 11. So... We always we always say about Julio how he don't get the touchdowns and now Ridley's he's stepped in and he's taking all those touchdowns from him. So for me it's, it's becoming a bit of a concern. So with all that in mind, um, do you think this off season is now finally the time to move on from Julio? I think it's an interesting question because before this season I was super high on Julio uh, from just thinking about this season on its own, uh, redraft perspective and also uh, Dynasty uh, Year One as such, but uh, I think he was like predicted top top two wide receiver for me. I thought he had one last big season in him before I'd be then looking to move off him. But I think with how he's performed, his value is going to be quite low. And I, I believe that a lot will depend on where your team's at as well. If you're a contender, I'd be more uh, inclined to keep him and just ride him out. Whereas if you're sort of middle of the pack or even a rebuilding team, probably should have probably should have moved him now a couple of weeks ago maybe because yeah. that that's it's potentially going to help someone on on another roster obviously it might have been tricky because between week 10 and 12 he, he didn't play yeah um, and it's hard to sell someone you know they're, they're injured or they're not going to play but um i think i'd i tend to hold julio in this situation just because of the value and just hope that he he can he can ride it out but i'm I'm concerned long term how he's going to perform with the uh, with the injuries. Yeah. How about you? Is he someone that you'd take in your startups still at a price at a discount? Yeah, I think in your startups, if you're getting him at a discount, I think you've still got to take him. Obviously, we know how dominant he can be. Um, he's always a wide receiver one in into every every year. He's finished yeah. wide receiver three last year, so showed no signs of slowing down last season. As you say, it's just the injuries that are becoming a bit more frequent now and. Going to be a concern, and I think the thing that's making me want to hold Julio is obviously that Ridley's looked good, but I don't think the Falcons are going to look to add another star wide receiver while they've mm-hmm. still got Julio and, and Ridley. So it all comes down to when I think when Julio decides he wants to hang up the cleats, maybe. Um, I think he's got a contract for three years still, so I think he's at least got another year in him, and you always want to try and, and beat the. The um the moment when he obviously starts dropping off, you want to try and get him at the highest yeah. value. But I think with a player like that, you just got to hold him and and just keep riding him while he's he's putting up good numbers. I think. Yeah, and also with with Dan Quinn going, you'd like to think that the next coach will be a little bit more competent um, mm-hmm. than than Dan Quinn. Hopefully, it's not Matt Patricia that ends up there. Because oh, God. <laughs> I don't oh. think we'll actually ever, <laughs> ever have a head coaching job again. But um, stranger things have happened. Definitely. So on to the next game. It's the uh, the Lions at the Bears. It was a, a Detroit win, actually, 34-30, a late comeback that saw them come out on top uh, over the Bears, who have now lost six on the bounce, leaving both teams at five and seven. Um, with the scoreline, obviously, 34-30, to 30, there were several fantasy produced on the day. Um, the one I want to highlight is Alan Robinson, who was once again the Bears' leading receiver. And this is actually his 11th double-digit fantasy game of the season with a 13.5-point outing. Um, and this was despite the Bears leading the game pretty much throughout until late on. 
Now, Robinson's the wide receiver 11 on the season. He's also wide receiver four in targets. And it's looking like it'll be his third season as the wide receiver one in fantasy. And let's not forget, he's only 27 years old. Uh, he is a free agent after the season. And I'm sure many teams would love to have him as their new alpha on, on their teams. Um, my, my question with Robinson for you is, if you had him in Dynasty, would you prefer for him to re-sign with the Bears or leave Chicago? Yeah, it's a tough one with uh, with Robinson because obviously we know that the Bears have had the struggles this year with the uh, Trubisky and Foles at quarterback. It's not really what you want, is it, when you know you've got a, a stud wide no. receiver, you don't want him tied to a quarterback that's struggling. So on that sense, you'd think it'd be nice for him to move on to a, a new team. But then on the flip side of that, obviously we know the struggles that wide receivers have when, when joining new teams. Um, the, the common ones, obviously, Odell Beckham when he went to the Browns. So I think it, it all depends on if you think you can get into a situation and have a, have a good performance straight off the bat. Obviously, um, Hopkins this year played brilliantly since going to the Cardinals and he was somebody that I was concerned with with that mentality of new team could struggle to yeah. to get going and and, and on the, the other side of it is what, what teams are going to be looking to get Robinson obviously with the Packers would be a nice situation for him to, to fall into that's one that everybody talks about when they're talking about the free agent wide receivers but it could, it could easily end up on a team that's just as bad as the Bears when it comes to throwing the ball so it's yeah it's it's always risky, I think, with wide receivers and whether you want them to move, uh, to move on. Personally, I'd, I think I'd rather him stay, to be honest. Um, yeah. Still has a, a good connection with Trubisky. When it, well, any quarterback, is, as I say, he's, he's done it throughout his career. He's played with yeah. bad quarterbacks and yeah. still managed to be a, a dominant wide receiver. So, for me, I'd, I'd be happy for him to stay, keep that chemistry if Trubisky stays um, starting quarterback next season. What about yourself, Kev? Yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you on this one in the sense that finding him a spot where he's going to get this similar sort of volume. It's, uh, I, I was trying to think of like a team in the NFL that give him the same volume and I couldn't think of one. Yeah. Um, there's a few spots that would be really nice uh, in terms of maybe splitting time as, as one of the lead wide receivers. You mentioned the Packers as a good shout. Mm-hmm. But I'd want him to stay in Chicago. And yeah. um, I guess my one wish if he did stay in Chicago, was that they actually do get a better quarterback. He's been so unlucky with mm-hmm. who he's at at QB in, in college and the NFL. So even if it was just a minor upgrade to somebody that's actually serviceable, I think that'd be fantastic for him. And obviously his wide receiver 11 um, on the season, I think if he got a better QB, he could even push top five, um, maybe even higher. And he's only 27, so I think he's yeah. a... Great asset to have in, in your dynasty leagues. Yeah, I, th- I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I think this uh, this draft class could be, I think we could see quite a few QBs going that first round. I wouldn't be surprised if there were four, maybe even five going the first round. Obviously, you don't know if they're all going to hit, but I think the, the Bears are definitely in with a chance of getting one at some point and hopefully, as you say, giving Robinson a, a good quarterback for a change. Yeah, it's going to be a wild off season, I think, at QB. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the veterans as well will end up moving or uh, mm-hmm. being traded, etc. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be hard to get everybody a, a seat in the <laughs> Q, in the quarterback room. But yeah, I quite like to see Sam Darnold actually. I think Sam Darnold to the to Bears could be quite a nice one. 
Your breaking news from uh, the Wildcard, uh, Matt has, has confirmed that the Bears will sign Sam Darnold. Wishful thinking, that was wishful thinking. <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye on that one. <laughs> so uh, next up we've got uh, another team that might be uh, using a new QB next season, the, the Colts who won at the Texans. Yeah, an action-packed first half in this one, 44 points coming in the first half, but then a completely opposite game in the second half. Um, only that one safety in the second half. So, brilliant start, quiet finish. But the, the guy I want to talk about is Brandon Cooks uh, for the for the Texans. Obviously, we know Will Fuller's got his suspension. Uh, we thought that could maybe lead to Cooks taking over and, and becoming that alpha wide receiver this week. But it, it was only a, a solid, if, if unspectacular, day for Cooks. Finished second in targets with eight, which was only one behind Kiki QT. Um, but he turned out to five sections for 65 yards. So, as I say, nothing... Nothing that we were really hoping for. We were hoping he could get that fuller role and, and be peppered with targets, but not to be. Currently, the wide receiver 26, but still on course for another 1,000-yard season. So I think that this, coming into the season, people were worried about Cooks before he went to the to the Texans, and he's, he's managed to, to prove himself again as a, a solid wide receiver. But he does get a tough schedule coming up now, obviously, in the, in the Bears and the Colts, but gets into... Um, week 16 in, in the championship yeah. <laughs> game. So if you've got him on your team and, and you get to the final, it is looking to be in a great spot then. My biggest concern with Cooks is obviously the concussions. He's had five yeah. now, I think, documented in his, his six full seasons that he's played so far in the NFL. And obviously this week as well, um, there were rumours that he, I think he actually got evaluated, didn't he, for a, yeah, a concussion. He and I see, I saw Twitter blow up with people saying, oh no, it's just not something you want to see. And it's always a concern with Cooks. Um, so would, would that put you off Cooks long term? Obviously, um, despite the fact he could be the Texans wide receiver one next season with Fuller becoming a free agent at the end of this season. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I'll just say I think Brandon Cooks is probably one of the luckiest wide receivers in the NFL in terms of who he's had to, yeah. who he's played with in the yeah, sense sure. of uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Jordan Croft, uh, <laughs> and Deshaun Watson. So. Yeah. He's been really fortunate in that respect, but like you say, with the concussions, that is a big worry. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Texans in terms of um, they haven't got many draft picks and have a new coach. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how the whole team looks as a whole if they do resign Fuller, if the if they give QT a bigger role next season. Um, really interesting team to, to consider in the off-season, but I think for me, I'm pretty cautious. I think he's, his value now is a lot higher than it was a year ago, I think, after the when he was stuck on the Rams. You could get him in, in your starts pretty late as a bit of a dart throw. Uh, but he, he has, like you say, he's a, he's a top 20 and uh, top 28 wide receiver, top 26. Um, but I'd maybe be looking to move him on um, if you can if you've still got a, um, if you've still got a chance to make a trade this season yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I think if you can get something decent for him remember he's, he's 27 as well and I, even though I'm not against having an old wide receiver I think that his style of play being uh, a lot to do with speed and the the sort of concerns with concussions that would make me more likely to trade in way than say, I don't know, someone that's made more of a possession receive like Keenan Allen. Well, what about you? 
Yeah, I think everything you said is pretty much my way of thinking. Um, <laughs> I think obviously a lot of uh, trade deadlines have, have ended now. So if you have got him, you, you're probably holding him for the rest of the season. But I think if we, we get into the off-season, we don't know yet if Fuller's going to get signed. I've seen rumours that they're wanting to, to re-sign him. But I think now just be holding him. Um, wait to see maybe where there's rumours that Fuller actually might move on. I think that opens up a window then for you to, to move on from Cooks if you're... If you are concerned, for me, I'd be probably doing that. As I say, the, the concussions are a, a big concern. It just takes one hit and it, it could be out of the NFL completely. So I think, yeah, I, I'm just waiting for that bit of, a bit of news that opens up a little window and then I'm selling in the off-season. Yeah, agree with that completely. So uh, next up, yeah, we've got the Bengals at the Dolphins. The Dolphins came out on top in this feisty affair, which saw five players ejected <laughs> through our uh, various melees throughout the great game. Um, Mike Gesicki had his best game with Tua but it's it's the other Dolphins player the running back Miles Gaskin I'd like to discuss he had another fine performance with 13.1 fantasy points that gives him his uh, double digit output in 7 of 8 games this season he's currently the running back 16 in fantasy points per game which I thought that was pretty surprising to say the least um, and on Sunday he was once again used as the bell cow going over 20 touches for the fifth time this season. Um, he's only in the second year of his rookie deal, and he's locked up through 2022. Uh, but with the Dolphins holding 10 picks in next year's draft, they do have the ammunition to bring in competition if they wish to. Um, so I just want to know what your thoughts are on the role that Gaskin will have next season. And do you think that makes him a buy or a sell for you, Matt? I think... The thing I was going to mention is obviously the the draft picks. We know that the Dolphins have got two firsts and two seconds next year. That would yeah. be the thing that worries me. When it comes to running backs, we know how easy the value can just dip off. And I am concerned that the Dolphins would take a running back in either the first or second round. Probably don't even need to take one in the first round. I don't think many running backs uh, tend to go now to the first round with obviously no. the, the, the issues we've seen. It's a position that you can just get anyone off the street, can't you? And they can put up fantasy points. So I think, yeah, there's a chance that the Dolphins take one in the second round and that makes him probably a sell for me, I think. Um, yeah. If you're still lucky enough to have your trade window open at the minute, I think I'd move him on. Um, he does have quite a, a, a nice schedule with the Chiefs and obviously the Raiders in, in week 16. But yeah, it's just a, too big a concern for me, I think, going into next season. I think there's probably other running backs that I'd, I prefer to have, or I prefer to try and get a rookie pick and hopefully land one of these rookie running backs coming in. Yeah, I think it's a similar sort of thought process as someone like James Robinson in the sense mm-hmm. that he's performed great as Gaskin, uh, completely came out of nowhere really after his rookie season. Um, but you just feel that because there's not a lot invested in him, there will be. Uh, there'll always be that sort of question about which running back will it bring in. And if he doesn't perform, they'll maybe go to someone else. And we've seen other running backs like Salvan Ahmed have a decent stab when he's been playing as well. Um, I mean, comparing him to Robinson is probably not fair because Robinson has been outstanding. He's been a top five running back. But um, I, I do, I do, I do think it's a, a similar sort of thought process where there's always going to be those questions. And if you could, if you could get like a, an early second round pick, 
that's probably enough for me to move him on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It all comes down to what the owner values him at, obviously. Some people might be really high on him. You've got no chance of getting him. And if you've got him, some people don't want to pay up for, for someone like Gaskin, so you're going to struggle to move him on. So it all it all plays down to, to your league and your, your league mates. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, I think. But as I say, for me personally, I'd, I'd probably be looking to move him on if I could. And you never know, he might get lucky and uh, end up a little bit like Rojo last season where we thought, oh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's avoided all decent running backs. He's going to be the starter. That's it. Yeah, we could we could get to to uh, the preseason next year, and we could be all saying bye, Gaskin. Yeah, and then Leonard Fournette spoils it for everyone. <laughs> Still saw that, Kev, is it? <laughs> it is, oh yeah, it's, it'll be sore forever. I think, even though Rojo's had a, a very good season, I think it'd have been even bigger without Fournette. So, uh, very sad about that one. But <laughs> come on, Kev, move on. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of Fournette, we'll come on to his old team now, the uh, the Jags at the uh, Vikings. Yeah, surprisingly close on this, weren't it? Um, the Vikings yeah. obviously winning in, in OT, but yeah, the Jags, they seem to not want that um, high draft pick for, for a quarterback. They were they were in a, a great game and they could, they could have quite easily won it. Um, the guy that I'd, I'd quite like to talk about, though, was DJ Chart for, for the Jags. I think he's, he's quite an interesting player, obviously. Um, had a, another tough game this week. He had seven targets, but he only turned out to two receptions for 41 yards. And he's had struggles all through the year, really, hasn't he? He's only had two big games, I think, week four against the, the, the Bengals, and week nine against the Texans. But apart from that, it's been, it's been really disappointing. He's currently the wide receiver 36, and his uh, wide receiver 17 finish of, of last season looks a, a distant memory, doesn't it, now? It does. <laughs> And it, I think a lot of it boils down to the, the quarterback play. Obviously, he's, he's not had the best quarterbacks um, throwing the ball this year. And he, he's, he's had three different quarterbacks as well. It's been a rotation between Minshew, uh, Luton and Glennon. So he's had, he hasn't had that time to, to get a, an established chemistry with a quarterback this year. So I think that probably could be the reason why, why Chark's had a, a tough year. Yeah. So with obviously we mentioned the Jags now in doing a good position on to get somebody like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in the 2021 draft. Does that make Chart now like a, a quite an interesting buy low for you, obviously, with the with his struggles and, and with the improved quarterback play on the horizon? He's really interesting, this Chark. I think before the season I was higher on him than I am now, actually. Um yeah. I don't know, he's just been a bit disappointing uh, with what he's shown this season. Um, yeah, it's really tricky. I think, obviously, the prospect of playing with one of those quick QBs is a very exciting prospect. But I think the first thing is, do we trust the Jags to actually take one of those guys? Um, <laughs> but I mean, they should do. But God, I, know, I don't even want to imagine if, if they didn't take it about the, the chaos on Twitter. Richard be loving it, I'm sure. Oh, imagine if they took a running back. <laughs> that would be, be great. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, I, do, I mean, it's quite interesting as well that the GM's now gone, David Caldwell, because he was the guy that drafted DJ Chark. Mm -hmm. And Chark's going into the final year of his rookie deal. So even though he has flashed amazing amazing talent in his uh, uh, last season as a top 20 wide receiver. There's always that bit in back your mind that there's a new uh, GM coming in, there's potentially a new coach. What if he doesn't fancy Chark as the alpha or yeah. doesn't want him? 
so want to pay a massive uh, massive contract out to a, a wide receiver of his uh, his nature costs. I mean, he did nothing in his first year. Yeah. He, he could be a one-year wonder, maybe. Who knows? But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'm a bit lukewarm on this at the moment. I've uh, it, if if I had to make a, a sort of stand on this, I'd say that I'm kind I'm kind of put off by Jack at the moment. Yeah. I'm guessing you're probably on the other side. Yeah, I'm actually not to be honest. I think the one thing I always look at when I'm looking for a potential like buy low is obviously an improved quarterback play or a better situation for for a wide receiver. So obviously if he gets that better quarterback, it would be an improved situation. But as you say, with Chark, it, it's it seems to be a one week he looks fantastic, then he can it can just put in a, a real terrible performance. And that's even last season. He's he had numerous games where he had four receptions for forty four yards three receptions for 43 yards. He just seemed to, to have those good numbers because he had those boom weeks where he was getting double touchdowns and 100 yards uh, receiving. So I think with Chark, he's somebody I've never really been that high on uh, myself. I completely missed the boat when he, when he had that breakout last year. And obviously this year he's, he's struggled. They've also got Chenault as well, who I think we need to mention, who's, who's looked great in the, the games he has played. So yeah. if, they, if they needed to move on from Chark, I think they've still got Chenault, who's a... A great wide receiver to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. How, how many uh, shares have you got in Jack? One, I think. One, maybe two. Not, not a lot. And it's as I say, he's, he's not somebody that I'm, I'm desperate to hold on to. Yeah. Yeah, I've got none. <laughs> none. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it is, but I've just never been able to to land him. I think he, he got a lot of buzz in this off season. Yeah. So yeah, he made um, him hard to buy, didn't he, in the off season with his yeah. good. It's a good season last season. But if you don't fancy him, I guess sell him before the draft, or because yeah. if if the Jags don't take Lawrence or Fields, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if they grab another wide receiver in, later on. <laughs> yeah, very good point. Right, next up we've got the uh, Raiders at the Jets. Uh, this was a sickener for the Jets who lost thirty-one <laughs> twenty-eight on a last-minute hail mary to Henry Ruggs. Um, the Jets were doing an all-out blitz on this play, which. Resulted in the firing of their defensive coordinator, Greg, with two G's Williams. Um, it was a great performance from the the Jets. Um, they played real tough. Um, they are 0 12 on the season, however, but they, they didn't have any answer for the dominant tight end, Darren Waller, who had a career day. Uh, 13 captures for 200 yards and two touchdowns, which led to a monster 45 fantasy points and even more in tight end premium leagues. Now, if, like me, you're fortunate enough to play against him in a Titan Premium League this week with the fantasy season on the line, you got Darren Walloped. Uh, this huge performance leaves him as a Titan 2 on the season uh, and he's easily a clear top three tight end in fantasy points per game alongside Kels and Kittle. He's 28 years old, which is still a pretty good age for a tight end and he's only one, he's only, uh, one year into a three-year contract with the Raiders, so plenty of job security there. Um, I'm just intrigued where you have Waller in your dynasty rankings and if, if they did add a bona fide alpha wide receiver, what do you think that would do to Waller's value? Yeah, as, as far as rankings go, I've got him tight in three. Um, nice. And it, it's a strange one, Waller, because he was actually someone that I didn't want to believe all the hype. Um, I thought last season might have just been a one-off. Obviously, we knew that the, the Raiders, they, uh, they drafted Ruggs and um, Edwards as well, so they were 
bringing in the wide receivers. They've obviously got Renfro as well. I was just under the illusion that Waller wouldn't have a, a big year again this year, but started hot and he's, he's looked fantastic all season, putting up consistent numbers. And it resulted in me actually uh, trading for him in one league. I traded away Kittle in a league where I needed a tight end. I got Waller plus a, an extra piece and it's turned out to be a good move in the end. Um, and I'm, I'm happy with it. As I say, he's my tight end three. Uh, looking forward, you mentioned about if they, they got an, a bona fide alpha wide receiver to, to partner Waller. Um, it's a tough one. I think um, you never want those somebody like Wally who's getting plenty of targets. You never want the the thought of somebody coming in and, and taking some of those targets away. But I just think that the connection he has with Carr is he's getting plenty of targets every week. Obviously, seventeen this week is unbelievable for <laughs> a tight end. It's something I always mention when it comes to tight ends. If you're getting that that kind of volume, that automatically makes them a fantastic piece to have on your on your roster so yeah I'd, I'd be concerned um but i think an improved offense is only going to be a good thing i think when it comes to to players like waller do you do you think there's an argument that he uh, i'm playing devil's advocate do you think there's an argument that he, he could battle kittle as a titan too um especially if kittle doesn't come back this season do you think there's a fair debate that you might want to go, you might want to go Waller over Kittle uh, in, in your stabs, even if it's a little bit later. Do you think that's a, a plan you'd want to do as it's probably a bit of a safer pick than a Kittle potentially as a risky pick? Yeah, I think Kittle's an interesting one. We've obviously mentioned it in previous podcasts. Um, I think I've got him a little closer to, to Travis Kelsey than what you do, but I can't put Waller too far behind him. As I say, he's, Kittle's got those injury concerns. So I think if you can get a player like Waller two rounds later than Kittle, that, that there's always a buzz around Kittle, isn't there? Because I think he's yeah. he's such a lovable guy as well as as a, a good fantasy player. People always say how oh, he's, he's such a, a great guy and and he comes across so well. I think that adds to his value a bit in fantasy just because they want to have him because they like him. Waller's just a under the radar guy, but still a consistent tight end. So I think if you can get Waller at a discount when it comes to startups, that's yeah, brilliant. Sign me up. Yeah, Kittle's your mate and Waller's a beast. Next up, we've got the Browns at the Titans. Yeah, absolute shootout this game, weren't it? 41 points for the Browns, 35 yeah. for, the, for the Titans. Baker Mayfield having a, a huge performance with four touchdowns in the first half, but Tannehill Hansen back in the second half with 389 yards and, and three touchdowns for the day. So Class. A, big, a big game all around and a, a great game if you've got any of those players in your in your fantasy teams. So the guy I want to talk about a bit more is Corey Davis. 12 targets in this one for 11 receptions and 182 yards and a touchdown. So fantastic game for, for Davis. And he's having a Devontae Parker-esque late breakout, isn't he, Corey Davis? He is, yeah. <laughs> Currently the wide receiver, 24, despite missing two games early in the season through injury. Could play a huge part in the in the fantasy playoffs with the, the Jags and the Lions coming up. So as I say, if, you, if you've got him in your, your lineups, then... Hopefully this this run carries on for for the rest of the season. The interesting thing with Davis is obviously is a, a free agent this off season with the Titans not picking up that fifth year option. Do you think Davis moves on this off season? Um, whether you do or don't, uh, do you think he can carry this form on next season? I think it's a really interesting question. I don't know if I've if I've spoke to you about this matter if I've just dreamt it up, but. Mm-hmm. I seem to think that Corey Davis will go and play for the Packers. I don't know if, yeah, I've, yeah. if, I, if I've mentioned that before. No. 
Um, I like it. I th- yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. I think it's um, I think it's to do with Matt Lafleur. He, he was his coaching. Uh, in Tennessee in his second season yeah. which was yeah, his best season up until now I think um, I mean I think Davis has been really good this season he, he missed time with with the Covid but I think in uh, in the games he's played he's been fantastic he just had that one game against Chicago where he didn't do anything yeah. but other than that he's been he's been really consistent and um, I, I guess before the season I thought oh, he'll have a bit of a mediocre season then become a free agent and he becomes a bit interesting then depending where he lands but I think he actually be alright staying in in Tennessee now you know with with AJ Brown I think there's more pass volume there than than we thought because they don't really use anyone other than Derrick Henry when they're in a the lead they just mm-hmm. use him as the runner and then everything else is uh, is, is pass work uh, but I do think the the form can continue you mentioned Devontae Parker-esque late breakout. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a fair comparison, a fair shout for a, a first-round wide receiver that's taken quite a while to to come to the fore, but he's, I think he's been great. I mean, w- would you prefer him to stay in Tennessee or move on, and, and where would you like him to go? Yeah, it's, if it's, it is, away. <laughs> it's similar, as we mentioned before, isn't it, about wide receivers and, and moving teams. It's always a, a risk, and... There's every chance he could fall into a nice situation, but equally there's, there's just as much chance he could fall into a, a bad situation. So for me, yeah, I, I don't hate him staying with the Titans. Um, I think this season's helped with the Titans not being as, as solid defensively as they have been in previous yeah. years. So it's led to a lot more um, Tannehill having to, to keep him in games by throwing it and, and keeping up with the opposing teams. So I think that's helped Davis. And I think he gets times for the bit of a... A harsh reputation really Davis because I just say that second year he finished wide receiver 27 so yeah. it's not as yeah. if he's, he's done literally nothing he, he's shown flashes that he can it can perform it's it's obviously disappointing now that, that Brown's there Davis is probably going to be now the, the wide receiver two but we know that wide receiver twos can still put up good numbers and, yeah. and be serviceable in, in fantasy yeah I think it's amazing what perception can do for you as well especially when your name becomes tarnished. Uh, not me personally in real life, but uh, <laughs> just on about the plays in the NFL. That they just, I think, because he was a first-round pick and he's not lived up to the hype, your name can get tarnished. And to give a bit of context, he's actually the wide receiver seventeen on the season in fantasy points per game. Yeah, at fifteen point seven. AJ Brown's a wide receiver twelve with sixteen point six. So he's less than a point behind AJ Brown yeah. in fantasy points per game. And the way that the uh, the fantasy community goes wild for AJ Brown, <laughs> you, you, you don't hear anything about Corey Davis in the same offense. So, um, big big fan of Corey Davis, and yeah. I, I kind of hope he stays around in in Tennessee. I think it's a great great duo we've got there, and if we can get if we can get John o. Smith going a bit more consistently, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a sneaky good offense we've got there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. As you mentioned, I think a lot of people are they're out on Davis if they've owned him, and obviously they're disappointed. They've obviously invested a lot in him. If you've got him in your in his rookie when he come in his rookie season, he, he was a first round pick, an early first round pick in rookie draft. So I think a lot of people are, are out on him. They've they've given him opportunities, and he keeps letting them down. And he's just one of those players. I think now where they'll not go back, they'll not believe that 
it's sustainable. So, yeah, I think that's what makes him quite a, an easy player to acquire. Yeah. Uh, last point on Davis is I think he's the clear best wide receiver from that class as well. Um, that was the same class as your boy, Mike Williams. So. <laughs> <Just Mark>. <laughs> <laughs> I say one good thing about him and his my boy. <laughs> I said some good things about Davis too. Don't give me that. <laughs> your brothers. <laughs> Okay, next up we've got the uh, Rams at the Cardinals. The Rams won this one 38-28 and they continue the hoodoo over the Cardinals. It's now seven straight victories against them. Um, really impressive were the, the LA Rams uh, in all areas of the offence, but the, the eye-catching performance for me was rookie running back Cam Akers. Yep. Um, he had his best fantasy output of his young career with 16.4 fantasy points. However, it was the 21 carries and 22 overall touches that was most encouraging for me. And Darrell Henderson did have a similar fantasy day with the fourth quarter touchdown. And Malcolm Brown was still involved, but Aker's usage is really trending in the right direction now. And he's scored a touchdown in three straight games. So what I want to know from you, Matt, is can you trust Akers to start in your fantasy lineups the rest of the season? Tough on me, Akers. Um, I've got him in quite a lot of quite a lot of leagues. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yeah. Akers, and I didn't have confidence starting this week, and I am regretting it. I'm <laughs> so regretting it. I didn't start him in that league I mentioned earlier. There was another one where I was battling oh, no. for a playoff spot. I didn't start him. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I found it. I found it tough to trust him this week with only seeing that small sample size last week. Obviously, I had yeah. the nine carries, but it blew up with 84 yards. I didn't believe that they were going to shy away. I think we spoke about it last week, didn't we? That I didn't yeah. think they'd, they'd shy away from that committee. But yeah, they, they gave Acres plenty of chances. Uh, 62% snap share in this one. So looking like definitely the, the league guy and with those 21 carries. And yeah, he looked fantastic. I don't know how anybody can say that they, they think Henderson or Brown's any better than Acres when Acres has looked fantastic yeah. in these <laughs> last two weeks. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's looked brilliant. Um, we mentioned last week, obviously, Brown's going to be a free agent at the end of this year so there's every chance they could move on from him and if it leaves just Akers and Emerson then yeah I'm, I'm back in Akers uh, his future outlook for sure yeah I, I think we've I wouldn't be too hard on yourself Matt about not starting him because <laughs> it was tough yeah it was tough he did have that big week last week with the the touchdown against the 49ers but uh, look, looking at like the snap percentage he was only playing on 27% last week so I think yeah. If you if you played him this week and you had other options, I think yeah, you deserve a pat on the back for that because yeah. it was a wasn't an expected game where they'd be running all over the uh, Cardinals. We've had a, a lot better run defense this season than last. I think um, it's as, yeah. as I say because I'm obviously a, a big fan of Akers and I've got him in a lot of places. Um, he did quite a similar thing week five against uh, Washington. He had nine carries for sixty one yards. And yeah. I remember thinking that next week, right here we go, Akers is he's looking dominant. He's looking like the guy. Next week, I think he had two percent snap share. Didn't have a single, a single rush or, or catch. It's just, it's hard, isn't it? It's just to play like that when yeah. you've been burnt once. It's hard. It's hard to trust him again, especially in this in this season. It is. I think for me, he's, he's closing the gap back on the uh, rookie running backs that have sort mm-hmm. of outperformed him with this this late for And I think you, you're right. What you say about if it's him and Henderson, mm-hmm. I mean. I've seen. I saw a take today saying that Henderson's better than Acres. All I'd say to that is, if 
if I can trade away Henderson and get Cam Akes on the team, I'm doing that 100 times out of 100. Exactly, yeah. Fully agree. Boom. <laughs> oh, God, I've just seen who we're doing next. Oh. <laughs> this is the least favourite part of the show. We've got the... Uh, We've got Matt's Giants against the Seahawks. <laughs> I'm loving this, Kev. <laughs> oh, start of the season, I were eight and talking about the Giants. Look at it now. Every time, every time oh, we talk about them, they're winning. What's happening? <laughs> Big boo. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously a, a shot win for, for the Giants against the Seahawks. I, even me as a, as a fan of the Giants, didn't believe for a second that we could beat the Seahawks. But yeah, 17 to 12 victory, even with Colt McCoy at quarterback. So wild. Yeah, fantastic. Didn't put up great numbers, did he? Only 105 yards and throwing that one touchdown. It, it was more Wayne Goldman and it, it was looked fantastic. I think I've just got to mention he's looked great in the, the absence of Barkley. Yeah. But it's the other running back for the Seahawks. I don't want to talk too much about the Giants, Kev. I don't want you to get him. Thank into... God. <laughs> so I'll talk about a Seahawks and, and we'll talk about Chris Carson. Uh, obviously, I had 16 carries in this game for 65 yards and then had three receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, reports came out uh, yesterday, I believe, that he wasn't 100% this week. So if if you were a bit disappointed by his, his workload, it could be down to that. And he has missed, obviously, four games this season with injury. So it's been a bit of a, of a problem this season for Carson. And looking back, it's it's been a bit of a problem throughout his career, especially in the, the last few seasons. Um, injuries have been really tough on Carson. Um, but is. It's consistently a, a low-end RB1 each season over the last three years, um, putting up RB13 um, finishes and, and RB9, I think it was, in the last two seasons. So for, for, for what the, the Seahawks paid up for him and um, what you likely got him for in fantasy, he's been a fantastic running back to have. As I say, he doesn't have that draft capital. He was a seventh-round pick by the Seahawks and he does actually become a, a free agent this off-season. So... How do you see this backfield shaping out, Kevin, in 2021? Obviously, we know we've got the first round running back in 2008, Michelle Penny, coming back any any time. We also got rookie DJ Dallas, who he's played a few games this season and, and looked okay uh, this season. Yeah, what, what what do you think's happening with Carson, Kev? I mean, first off, I'll just uh, I'll just put this one out there that I'm a big Rashad Penny truther, mm-hmm. uh, and I've always sort of sided with Penny and and I've so I turned my nose up to Chris Carson in the past, which, um, I mean, for redraft, I've always liked Carson, but I've always thought that with that draft capital, he's, he's always in danger of losing his job, a little bit like James Robinson. And I think if, if James Robinson ends up having a Chris Carson career, that'd be really good. Yeah. Uh, it'd be lower than some people's expectations, but I think if he does end up having a similar career, you'd be more than happy for what you paid for him now. Um, in terms of how I think it'll shape up, I I think he'll end up leaving the Seahawks. I think the the Seahawks running backs they tend to be pretty fluid in terms of uh, anybody can win the job. It doesn't really matter what's invested or what's not invested. Uh, and I think various running backs have looked pretty decent even this season. DJ Dallas looked good, like you said. Carl uh, Sides had a, a big game or two, and Rashad Penny was looking good before his uh, bad injury last season. Um, yeah. I think Carson, he has he has been great this season when he has played. Uh, just looking at some of the stats, the 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 big the big thing that stood out for me is pass receptions, which you don't tend to uh, associate with rushing quarterbacks uh, with Russell Wilson. But he's he's had a really nice pass game for us. So if he did end up staying in Seattle, 
I think despite him being 27 next season, I think he'd be uh, he'd have he'd be a, a value once again. But I just feel at this moment in time, he's going to end up the odd man out, and they'll see what they've got in Rashad Penny along with the uh, exciting DJ Dallison. No, no doubt they'll they'll add more people because they, they tend to do that every season. Um, yeah. What What do you think? Do you think they'll end up keeping him? It's, it's a tough one. I think if he's not asking for, for big money, then I don't see why they wouldn't keep him. But as I say, they've, they've invested that first round pick in Penny. Who's, I'm like you. I, I don't want to sound like we, we agree on everything, but I'm a I'm an absolute massive Penny fan. I've, You're just off, smart, Matt. It's fine. Uh, last off season, I was getting him everywhere. Literally every league. I think I, I must have had 100% ownership of, of Penny last <laughs> season. Um thinking he were, he were going to get that weight load. Uh, obviously, the injury just put an end to that. It seems to be whenever Carson struggled, it were while Penny was injured. So, yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. But I think on this whole subject, I think the one thing we need to take from it is that in fantasy, you've got to keep an eye on um, contracts. It's such a, a great way of getting these um, buy lows is, is just looking at contracts. You see someone like Carson, you think he's great, but if you don't pay attention to this, contract situation you, you could invest in him and he could be worth nothing next season if he, if he doesn't sign on somewhere else so yeah that's that's my one take I'd like the listeners to, to take from it I'm just Being looking not, at spending a bit of knowledge there Kev <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at um, at the leagues that I've got Penny in and there is actually one league I'm in that you're in as well where I've got Penny so I'm, I must have took him pretty early in that and yeah you mean, that was a battle of the troopers that in that draft yeah <laughs> second and, and round just, I think it was <laughs> second round pick Rashad Penny but the, uh, uh, the 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 title of that league it's called 11 great guys and rich so uh, so that, that should tell you everything you need to know about our, uh, our co-host uh, Rich um, oh my god I've just seen next up on <laughs> back to back Kev well I don't know <laughs> Every week that uh, the Eagles lose, I seem to be forced to talk about them. Oh, you did the show sheet, Kev. You, I did do the show sheet, it but <laughs> it's just to go from the Giants to the Eagles, it's pretty, pretty grim. Um, but yeah, speaking of grim, the Eagles lost on the road at the Packers. Uh, it was a comfortable win for the Packers in the end. We actually saw Jalen Hurts get his first real action um, and <laughs> the, the, the breaking news that he's going to be starting for. Philadelphia, so maybe it's yeah. the end of uh, the Wentz era in Philly. Uh, but the guy that stood out for me was uh, the QB on the other side, Aaron Rodgers, who continues to play at an MVP level in 2020. Once again, he hooked up with Devontae Adams for a couple of scores, and he won this game at a, at a canter, really. I think the score line, it, it, it was, I mean, 14 point difference, but it felt a lot, a lot different in terms of the quality and the class of the teams. Um, he's, he's currently the QB5 on the year, and he's got 18 points in all but one contest this season, which was that um, pretty interesting loss on the road to the Bucks. Uh, probably because he did that stupid celebration where he was <laughs> doing a bit of hip thrusting. Uh, he deserved to lose after that. But uh, before the season, was there was rumours that it would be his last year in Green Bay after the rumoured tension between him and Coach LaFleur after the drafting of Jordan Love in round one. He's on course for his best fantasy season since 2016. So, Aaron Rodgers, what I want to know from you, Matt, is do you think he'll be a... Uh, do you think he'll remain a top five QB rest of the season? And will he end up staying in Green Bay? 
All right, so as far as this season, I think absolutely he'll finish a top five quarterback this year. He's got the yeah. Lions next, then the, the the Panthers, and then the Titans. All three are just ideal matchups, really, when it comes to quarterbacks. I'm, yeah, I'm fully convinced that Rogers is going to finish a, a top five quarterback. He's he's throwing three, four touchdowns a game every every game it seems like now. So yeah, with, with Rogers and obviously tied to Devontae Adams, yeah, sign me up, Rogers. Definitely top five for me this season. Um, future outlook, it's a bit tough, a bit more tougher choice on that one. Um, as you mentioned, they, they obviously invested a, a high draft capital in love, but from the, the small clips we've seen on circulating on Twitter and things like that, love's not looked anything like the the final package. Is is definitely is is not showing anything that could scare Rogers. I don't think anyway. So I think it all boils down to Rogers, and if he wants to. To hang around with the Packers, and personally, I think he does. I think he, he'll carry on with the Packers. Um, they're always a, a good team, aren't they? They're always in the playoffs, or yeah. at least battling for the playoffs. Never really looking like missing out on him. So yeah, I think he, he, he stays as long as he wants to, and I think it's next season. I think he'll stay for sure. Yeah, I, I've got to hold my hands up because I I completely whiffed on Aaron Rodgers this this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that he'd probably uh, spit the spit the dummy out and yeah. get get the off after after mm-hmm. drafting Jordan Love but it's had the opposite effect it's been a catalyst for him to really yeah. uh, grind uh, grind uh, get his head down and uh, crack on really i mean looking at <laughs> looking at his game stats this season he had that one bad game against the bucks but other than that he's been pretty flawless yeah. he's, he's only thrown four interceptions all season and he, when he when he's playing it looks like he's Really comfortable and uh, not not really trying to be honest, which is yeah. really frustrating uh, for the rest of the NFL. But yeah, he's he's one guy I really missed on. I think he'll be top five, maybe even top three rest of season. Yeah. And yeah. I, I I think he'll end up staying. I think this team's, despite the horrible draft they had last season, they're they're, they're a con- contender once again. They're, they're not the yeah. paper tiger that I thought they were last season. Uh, so I imagine he'll be staying for the next few years, which they probably need because, like you said, Jordan Lovey looks uh, it looks like trash. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think you're alone, Kev. Fading Rogers this year. I know a couple of startups I did. Rogers were just sliding down the draft board in in all of the drafts that I, I was part of. So yeah, I don't think you're alone on that one. Um, he's just consistent, isn't he? Interceptions, yeah. as you mentioned, it's it just hardly ever throws interceptions. Four this year, he said four last year, two the year before. He's just so accurate. He's, and um, considering the wide receivers, obviously he's got Adams, but aside from Adams, he's he's doing it with a paper thin uh, wide receiver core. So, yeah, props to Rogers. Yeah, and I, I do actually think for me, he's he's he is one of the all time greats. He'd be in my top three, I think, in terms of all time QBs, which probably doesn't sit well with a lot of people. But I just <laughs> it's think to, it's hard to disagree. You just look at what he's been doing consistently over. Over a number of years, and he's—I think he's—I think he's potentially one of the few QBs in the league that isn't a system QB. Mm-hmm. Um, in probably in him, Holmes, and Deshaun Watson, I'd say are three that stand out in my mind as being able to do it, no matter who's sort of surrounding them. Uh, yeah. Which, again, that might be controversial for some, but basically, all all NFL QBs are system QBs, is what I'm saying there. <laughs> 
Okay, next up we've got the uh, we've got the Patriots at the Chargers. This was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, a comfortable victory for the Patriots. Uh, Forty-five points to an unanswered zero from the Chargers. Wow. Justin Justin Herbert's first real poor game, weren't it? Obviously, he's yeah. looked fantastic this year, but only two hundred and nine yards and those two interceptions. So yeah, real tough one for for Herbert. But it's Damian Harris actually, the the running back for the Patriots. I, I wanted us to just touch on a bit here. Um, 16 carries in this one for 80 yards um, and now that's 126 attempts for 641 yards and two touchdowns in the nine games that he's played since week four so he's averaging 14 carries and 71 yards a game which um, is brilliant really yeah. if someone you're in redraft you've probably either got him late in drafts or maybe even off the waiver so he's, uh, he's been a great pickup this year um, and, and the Patriots' backfield's always been a headache, hasn't it? It's always been one yeah. that in fantasy you've, you've tried to avoid. But Harris is putting up solid and cost, consistent numbers on a, a weekly basis now. And uh, it's quite an interesting one for, for me, an interesting player, because James White and Rex Burkhead, both their contracts expire at the end of this yeah. season. Obviously, we know Sony Michelle's struggles. Um, if Rich were, were on today, he'd be laughing at me, obviously, <laughs> for the, uh, the love I showed Michelle this off-season, which... Um, <laughs> It's not been a, not been a, one of my best takes, but <laughs> but even even Michelle managed to put up a few a few yards in this one, so I'm <laughs> I'm not fully out on Michelle. But yeah, with all that being said, is this is there a possibility now that Harris could actually be the the lead guy next season? And does it make him quite an intriguing buy low? Obviously, with the contract situation for the other running backs. Yeah, I'm just laughing at Sony Michelle. I mean. <laughs> And if there's a bigger fan in the world than you, uh, <laughs> I, need, I need I need to I need to find this this person because uh, I think I've been harshly treated. I, <laughs> I, I, I guessed it on the pod in the off season. I said he was a nice, intriguing by low as a running back, and look at this, look at all this bloody shade on my throat. You're getting murked, are you? It's, it's terrible. <laughs> Move um, on. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, I think your question regarding Harris being the lead guy. Yeah, I think he will be the lead guy. Um, I think he'll be the lead running back as such. I do think there'll be others involved because mm-hmm. the Patriots always tend to do a running back by committee. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think uh, White or Burkhead will be there. Definitely not White. I seem to have a feeling that he'll go to the books if uh, if Tom Brady's still still there. But yeah, good shout. That's a different different story. I think in terms of uh, an intriguing by low. He's not the sort of player that I would go for by low just because he's quite one-dimensional in the sense of uh, great. He's, a, he's proven it as a great runner, and I do think he is a capable pass catcher, but I don't envision that'll be the role he'll be used in. I think he, if he was to get more than the early down work, I think he does become a screaming value because yeah. I, do, I do rate him. I think he's got a lot of ability, and he did show that at Alabama. I just think in that backfield, over like generally over time, the only running backs that have have done anything major for fantasy as runners is uh, Legarrette Blunt with his like twenty touchdown season or whatever, and uh, and not Sony Michelle. Uh, but it seems to be the uh, the pass catching running backs that tend to do pretty decent. Your your James White is the the main one. Um, obviously. You like Sony Michelle, and I think Aris is a better version of Sony Michelle. Would you? Would that make him a, a buy for you? Yeah, I think he is. I think Aris is a, a buy for me this off season for sure. 
Um, he'll be somebody that I'll be targeting in, in a lot of leagues, I think. Um, I liked him when he came into the NFL. Obviously, we mentioned that I, I liked Sony Michel. Just liked, nothing nothing more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, I think he's looked great and the opportunity he's had, as you mentioned, is, is definitely capable in the, in the passing game. Um, you mentioned about, obviously, it's more receiving backs that, that have done better for the Patriots, but for me personally, I'd probably put that down to maybe Brady being the quarterback. We, yeah, we always mention, yeah. obviously, he's a bit of a static quarterback. He's not going not gonna to be running the ball a lot. So those dump-offs when he gets pressure, that seems to be a lot of the reason why these these pass-catching running backs get the work. It's, it tends to be with those those quarterbacks like that. So it, it all boils down to, I guess, if you think Newton's going to be the quarterback again for the yeah. Patriots. Yeah. Not, I'm not too sure, but... A lot of it is going to play down, I think, to to what they do with the quarterback situation next year. Um, yeah, that that is a great point, Matt, about the the QB. And it, I mean, Cam Newton's had to work out some weeks; he looks great, and then other <laughs> weeks he looks he looks terrible. But um, yeah. but yeah, I guess I guess with Harris, you've got you've got to factor in the QB and also what happens with the running backs as well. But there'll definitely be a role for him, and it's I guess it depends on. Uh, your level of confidence in him uh, either getting a free down work or getting a, a QB it's going to fit his skill set uh, yeah, in terms of getting a few it's quite, quite similar to Gaskin that we mentioned earlier I think it's yeah. quite a similar situation for him both I think yeah it's very very interesting we'll see how that one uh, develops this off season so yeah, next up we've got the Broncos at the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos actually ran the Chiefs pretty close in this one, losing 16-22. And they was right in contention right up until the Drew Locke interception in, on the final drive. Um, Tim Patrick had a really nice fantasy day, which was the complete opposite of Jerry Judy, who once again struggled with 1.5 fantasy scored, if you can call it that. Outside of one big game against the Falcons, he's had a really disappointing rookie season, uh, especially considering that a lot of these rookies have flashed and shown shown mega potential uh, this uh, this current season. But um, I guess for Judy, the QB situation hasn't helped, but I would expect him to have had a better season and be the standout wide receiver in this offense. And then moving forward, it's uh, it's a really interesting situation. There's lots of questions in this offence regarding the starting QB and also the return of Cortland's son as well which makes it uh, very interesting to consider so I want to know your thoughts on Judy in the sense of where, where you think he ranks compared to the other rookie wide receivers since uh, since the start of the season and where are you on him moving forward are you wanting to go acquire him or stay away from him yeah I'm struggling with Judy to be honest. Um, I think it was my wide receiver four um, yeah. coming into the season, but without the other, a lot of the other wide receiver, the rookie wide receivers have performed. I, I've got to move Judy down a bit. Um, yeah, probably maybe a wide receiver six, seven now. I think out of this class, but yeah, I still think he's a, a, a very good wide receiver. Obviously, his route running something that's highly spoke about, and I think he has looked good as a, a route runner. It's just. As you say, there's concerns. Sutton coming back next season, that's going to eat into his workload. Um, and and as far as what I'm doing with him, uh, in one league that we're in, obviously, you know, I've I've just acquired him actually for for Will Fuller and managed to get a couple of 2022 20, seconds on top of that. So yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not out on him by any means. I think he's as we we constantly mention every week. It seems now 
it's too early to, to give up on these rookies or too early to be victory lapping on them either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to wait and see. I think improved quarterback play again. Drew Locks obviously had his struggles, as you mentioned. So yeah, it's it's one of them where I'm I'm probably getting him at a value now, I think. So he's probably becoming a bit of a buy if I can. And if I've got him is a is a hold. No point selling low on a on a guy like Judah. Yeah, yeah, I think you hundred percent don't want to be selling him right now. No. Um, yeah, for me, I think in terms of his rank, I had him wide receiver five before the season, uh, and I, I'd have to drop him down a little bit. I think wide receiver eight is where I'd have him now. The, the guys below him that I'd move above him that really stood out to me are uh, Chase Claypool, mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk, and T. Higgins. They're, they're three guys that I had uh, below. I did have Denzel Mims above him already, so yeah, same, yeah. Same. Uh, that's, that's just because I'm a bit of a well, we're, we're both uh, big Mims fans yeah, on this, yeah, uh, sure, on this yeah. pod. Um, and then moving forward, I think, like you said, you don't want to be selling him, you want to hold him ideally. But the, uh, the again, you, you, you nailed it with saying that he's a real, real big value to, to buy him right now. Um, and I think that trade you did where you got a couple of seconds as well as Judy for Fuller, that's that's a sort of trade you want, want to be doing, uh, especially with Will Fuller being banned and he can help you this season. Um, anybody that's a, a contender that's going into the playoffs and they've got Fuller on the, the roster, I think they're doing it wrong, personally. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they should have been trying the best to move off. Obviously, some situations it's hard to move him, but... Uh, I'd, be, I'd have been trying like mad to get off Will Fuller if you're a contender this season but that, that's getting away from Jerry Judy I think is really nice value uh, a, a hold for me uh, or, or a buy where possible um, do, you, do you think that fantasy players get more of a hard time when they are a higher draft pick and the fact that pretty much everybody drafted after him has had a, a better season like thinking of Ruggs as well he gets a yeah. I don't think Ruggs has flashed as much um, as Judy, but the, I mean, they're, they're pretty similar, really. They've both mm. had some decent games, but uh, as the first two wide receivers taken, they've really struggled compared to the rest. Yeah, I think Ruggs is a, a great comparison, obviously. He was the first wide receiver drafted in the, the actual NFL, and if you've got him in, in fantasy, you're probably not too happy with him, are you? Um, although, in fairness, he, he was going, I think, early second. He, he wasn't he might have been the first wide receiver selected in the, the NFL draft, but I think in a yeah. lot of rookie drafts, he were wide receiver five, six, I think, in, in a lot of people's rankings. So, yeah, I think it's a bit different with Judy because I believe a lot of people had him top one, two in fantasy um, in those rookie rookie rankings. So, yeah, he's someone that I think a lot of fantasy players will be quite disappointed in. Um, but as you say, it's, it's not time to move on, I don't think... Um, Still plenty of, plenty of years left ahead and hopefully an improved situation for him. Yeah, and the last point on your, your rookies, especially rookie wide receivers, is that a lot of these players that are rookies now that have struggled, they're going to be in massive values. I think yeah. your sophomore wide receivers tend to be pretty good values anyway, but mm-hmm. especially with this off-season, how it's been, the, the guys that have flashed, I think they become... Uh, such a such a, an important asset for you because they've, they've flashed on such a short off season in a strange time that there's probably a lot more to come from them and the guys that haven't flashed yet that haven't hit it's not the end of the road I think you've got to be a bit more lenient with with those guys as well and um, 
hopefully the, they'll come good in the long term when they've had a proper off-season to actually be with the team and um, maybe even get a, a good quarterback in, uh, in Jerry Judy's sense. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think it's it's quite a common thing, isn't it? We tend to target those year two, year three wide receivers um, and that's just on a normal given given season. Obviously, this season's been completely out of the ordinary with the no off uh, no preseason. So, yeah, these these rookie wide receivers that have showed flashes are becoming a huge value. People like um, Brian Edwards, players like that. Even uh, I think the screaming values right now. Yeah, let's just hope he's not an Akil Harry. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a sophomore wide receiver that was getting a lot of hype. Next um, year, Kev. Next year. <laughs> next year, fingers crossed. I'm still a believer. <laughs> we, won't, <laughs> we won't mention that time where you you've got them regrets no. about taking him over <laughs> Josh Jacobs because I think uh. a lot of people did. So, <laughs> uh. but yeah, mo- moving on to the uh, next game very swiftly. Um, uh. the, Bit of a shocker, actually, this one. Um, I woke up this morning and I was very surprised at this result, the uh, the Washington team at the Steelers. Yeah, um, to be honest, I saw quite a few people thinking this could be actually the week that the Steelers, um, the Steelers lost. And yeah, wow. it's better. Washington winning this one 23-17 and, and ending that unbeaten, unbeaten streak. Um, and putting Washington really in the chase for that NFC East title, so... Still to play for in that division. The Steelers threw for uh, 300 yards in this one, but it was a, a poor day for Juju Smith-Schuster. And that's the guy I'd like to talk about a little bit. Uh, despite having 10 targets and 7 receptions, 28 yards. I mean, how did Awful. <laughs> 7 receptions, 28 yards, Jesus. Um, we spoke a bit about Juju early in the season. I think I brought him up in, in, in this section uh, early on in the season. But he's bounced back since then. I seem to have put the the look onto him, and since wide, uh, since week seven to week twelve, he's actually the wide receiver nine in in PPR league. So he's had a, a great stretch in that middle part of the season. Mm. But as I say, tough tough uh, week for him this week. But it, it does lead the Steelers in red zone targets. He's, he's got sixteen this, this season, which is a twenty four percent share. So he's getting those targets from Big Ben when when they're getting into the red zone. Um, we've mentioned earlier on in the season as well, obviously, that Juju becomes a free agent at the end of this season. So, um, for his fantasy value, uh, would you rather he, he stayed in Pittsburgh or would you would you prefer him to move on? And I, I know we've mentioned it a few times already on yeah. this podcast, but is there any landing spots that stand out for Juju? Well, I think for me, I think he, he's going to move on. Um, I don't expect him to stay in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. after this season. Um, when we spoke about Alan Robinson earlier, I think the the sort of the reason I said that it would be best for him to stay is because I don't think there's many opportunities out there for like an outside wide receiver like Alan Robinson to go and be the alpha elsewhere. But with Juju, it is a slightly different situation where we actually saw him have his best fantasy days when he had Antonio Brown with him and he was uh, playing a lot from the slot. Yeah. So I think for me, I'd I'd like him to move on, and uh, a couple of teams spring to mind as teams that kind of they they have that um, opportunity to to get a lot of play from the slot, and they do have a decent option on the outside as such, so it won't be needed to be used there quite as much. And that would be the the Dolphins and the Lions. I think for the Dolphins, they're 
the the way their offense is set up as like a spread offense. Um, I think you've got Parker, you've got Williams, who are both pretty decent on the outside, and I think they're just they've got Gasicki at like one slot position. Mm-hmm. I think Juju would be fantastic for them. I think that's a, a perfect fit in my mind. And then the the lines on the other side is. Um, the, the case of they've, they've got Kenny Galladay, uh, Marvin Jones out of contract, and I think that in that team, I think um, Juju he could play the Z receiver spot where he's not on the line of scrimmage, but he would get a lot of play from the uh, slot receiver as well. So they'd be the two places that stand out for me. But my my wish would be the Dolphins, and um, don't actually have Juju in Dynasty anywhere, but. Uh, Dolphins would be the place I'd be looking for them to go. Uh, do, you, do you have much of Juju and what, what? where would you want him to go? Yeah, I have a, a few shares of Juju. I think when I when I guessed on the podcast, I mentioned him as being one of the players I was either targeting or somebody that I needed to have on my dynasty rosters. I was a, a big believer in coming into this season. As I say, I was tilting that first half with the, with him struggling, but he's managed to pull it back for the, for the rest of this season. Um, he makes some great points. Dolphins would be that would be a dream spot. Um, personally, I th- we mentioned it last week, I see them drafting a, a wide receiver. But yeah. if they're down and they, they see Juju as a, a good fit for him, then I, I would absolutely love the Dolphins um, tied with Tour as well, I think. Yeah, that would be a great one. And, and as you say, the Lions is another another great spot um, with Marvin Jones. I think they say his contract expires this, this season, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think both of them great, great spots, and I think I agree. I think Juju will move on. Uh, I think Pittsburgh will move on from Juju. Uh, they don't need to keep him, do they? As you mentioned, Claypool and got Deontay Johnson, and yeah, even James Washington's proved it can be serviceable. Flashes, it, yeah. yeah, flashes. So yeah, I, I think they move on, and yeah, we'll pray for the Dolphins because I'd love that. Yeah, if there's any NFL uh, <laughs> franchise that was listing out there, um, yeah. I, I want to help my uh, dynasty rosters. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking I'm more open to take a role in the front office if ah. they uh, <laughs> if they want to offer me a small role. Yeah, you me. definitely found that uh, hidden gem in, in Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> what a hero! <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> I'm still laughing. I'm still, I'm still laughing at how good they are. Um, <laughs> so uh, next up, we've got uh, we've got the final game. We're going to dive into and, and discuss at length the the Bills uh, winning on the road at the 49ers, 34 to 24, on the back of four passing touchdowns from Josh Allen. It was a big night for quite a few of the Bills receivers, but none bigger than fan favorite Cole Beasley. Um, Matt, have you heard the Cole Beasley song? No. Well, I'll tell you what, if he ever makes it back onto this podcast, I'll do the Cole Beasley song. Sounds good. <laughs> it's pretty, honestly, I'm going to build it up. It's pretty decent. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, the uh, <laughs> so Beasley, he had, uh, he had nine catches for 130 yards, uh, touchdown and uh, fantastic 28 fantasy points on the week. Another very solid outing from him. Who's uh, he's, he's now actually the wide receiver nineteen on the season, which I couldn't believe when I when I checked yeah. that. Um, he's he's signed through twenty twenty two, which uh, will be his age thirty two season. But uh, he's he's been great this season. Uh, there is the the worries about the emergence of rookie wide receiver Gabriel Davis, who did score 
another touchdown on the day. And John Brown's still around as well. So I just want to get your take on uh, Super Colt Beasley about if you consider him someone you'd go after as a, as a discount in uh, next year's Dynasty Startups, considering his age and what he's proven so far. I think you have to, yeah. As you mentioned, the season is had. Wide receiver 19 is an absolute shock for me. I'd, I'd have never said he was that high. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's consistent, isn't he? Just consistently is getting targets. Um, and yeah, he's, in PP, especially in PPR leagues, he's, he's, he'd be a great player to pick up in probably that you could get him in the last round probably in dynasty startups. So if, if you build a team and you think you're going to be a contender next season, then yeah, Beasley's a great player. I think if you're trading for him, you could give next to nothing for him. Um, I don't think a lot of people will be believing he's going to do much. Um, obviously, everyone will be getting excited about the, the rookies that come in. Yeah, Beasley's a, a really intriguing player um, if you're a contender. Yeah, he touched on Gabriel Davis. I think he's been a, a great little pickup by uh, by the Bills and if John Brown does move on obviously he's getting up in age and as we mentioned with these older wide receivers struggling with injuries he's, he's struggled this season I think Davis could step into that role um, with him and uh, Stefan Diggs and then Beasley again in the slot I think yeah Beasley could be a fantastic player again next season yeah I do think uh, I think Smokey Brown's got a contract for next season but mm-hmm. I I believe they can easily get out of that. So if Davis yeah. is ready to step up, that is a really nice trio there of Diggs, Davis and uh, Cole Beasley as well. So that's that would be ideally what you'd... Well, I guess from a Bills fan perspective and also a fantasy uh, owner's perspective. Um, the, the only place I've seen Beasley traded, it was traded away for, I think it was a 22nd third round pick, mm-hmm. uh, which... I mean, for for a guy that's turned out to be the wide receiver 19 on the season, that's yeah. a really nice piece of business uh, done in a, in a league of mine by by um, a manager that's pretty horrible. But uh, yeah, it, it was a great piece of business for for that individual. <laughs> yeah, I think that we've mentioned it quite a few times, but um, a lot of fantasy players tend to be ageist, don't they? And they see yeah. a player that's... Obviously, as you mentioned, he's going to be 32 next season. They'll see that and not want to touch him. But the key, they can be key pieces in in, in your your push for the for the title. They can fill in when when it's bye weeks and things like that. And if you land on somebody like Beasley, wide receiver 19 for what you got him for, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we. I must admit, I've I've been low on Beasley, but he's really uh, he's really he's really stepped up this season and. Uh... I think if <laughs> you you can actually start him with confidence as well in your lineups yeah. and your flex spots, and to, to to think that you'd be saying that uh, this season, it's it just it just proves what how wild twenty twenty has been. That Cole Beasley's <laughs> a, a wide receiver too, and he's potentially going to be a league winner as well. Yeah. So um, so yeah, the the only other game to mention is uh, Cole Beasley's former team, the Cowboys. They play the Ravens. Um, but that's that's Tuesday night after this has been recorded, so unfortunately we won't be covering that, which is a shame because I do like talking about the Cowboys. Uh, can you tell the sarcasm <laughs> in my voice? Well, both is actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, that brings us to the end of another show, uh, another episode of the Fantasy Wildcat podcast. Thank you once again to the listeners for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. 
thank you once again, Matt, for joining us on this pod. And uh, yeah, just hope you have a great evening and have a good one. Yep. Cheers. Ta-da. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.